Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, where you get valuable information you just can't find anywhere else. To thrive in today's trying times, you need the Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and get your free newsletter and gift. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Welcome. You are listening to watching the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz. Well, if you're like me and you believe that real estate really is a great way to profit from inflation, and in my experience, no question it has been. Um, I see what's happening here in Florida where I live. Rents are up over 50%. Prices, prices have nearly doubled in my mm -hmm. neighborhood in the past nine months. In fact, in the past year, they probably have doubled. And you're looking at it, your main problem, you might think your main problem is how do I find the deals? Wrong. Your main problem is how do you get the money to close the deal? And person you're about to hear from has come up with the easy system to raise capital for your real estate deals. His name is Arson Drozd, and we'll explain to you exactly how you do it using his easy system. Uh, Arson, it's great to have you on the show. So uh, we were talking pre-call. You say most people put the cart before the horse. They look for the deal and then they got to go run around and figure out how to finance it. That's the wrong way to do it, isn't it? You know, it's one way to do it. But now, as, and, and you mentioned it earlier in you know, the 2020, 2022 and beyond, right now with closings happening so quickly, making sure you've got your capital in order is so, so, so important. And, you know, to your point, uh, getting a deal done is uh, part deal and a large part on the capital part. And what, what, I've, what I've seen over the last 16 plus years is that a lot of people do put the cart before the horse. They think that they need a deal before they can get the cash. But then they can't get a deal because they don't have the cash. And especially now where it's super competitive, if you're not able to demonstrate proof of funds or the ability to close, you're not even going to get invited to the table. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, a lot of even residential, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they won't let you make an offer. They'll let maybe let you see the property, but they won't let you make an offer without proof of funds. Yeah, right? yeah. 
Well, we just, I, I'm down in Tampa right now too, and I'm looking at uh, multifamily, the class B, class C plus stuff. And a few buildings, one was close to hundred doors, another one was about 140 doors. And same thing, the brokers, I mean, first of all, getting them to call you back right now is tough because everybody's trying to get in the market. But even if they do give you a call back, they want to make sure you can close. And if you come back to them and say, well, you know, I'll put down 50 grand and I'll tie it up and I'll let you know, you're not going to get a call back. So you know, getting getting the commitments from your LPs, from your investors now more than ever in this market is incredibly important. All right. So now uh, now you've explained the problem. You got a solution for us here or are we just going to talk about? The problem? <laughs> well, I thought we just whine about it for a few more minutes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, what most people do. Yeah, really what most people do here. Martha, yeah. they just complain about it and they never, ever really yeah. ever uh, do anything about it, right? Yeah. So, Carrie, look, I, I started in uh, in the real estate private equity space, but literally 15, 16 years ago. And like a lot of people, I mean, early days, cart before the horse, you know, you got deals then you get the cash and you're running around, you got, you know, everything's spinning. So over the last, you know, 16 plus years, I've sourced nine figures in private capital now. And once you go to that level, what I've come to realize is that whether you're picking up a $50,000 check or you're looking for a $25 million commitment from a larger institutional investor, the, the fundamentals are the same. And the concept is to make sure that you've pre-sold the concept before the actual deal is available. I mean, if you look around at the major private equity firms, you hear about them raising 100, $500 billion funds. Well, they don't have the money yet. They just have the concept. They have the thesis together. And, and what they do differently than most people trying to buy their first 20 unit building or first duplex or whatever it is, is they understand the power of having cash on hand ready to close. So my system, the easy system teaches people how to how to prep people in a, in a, in a way where you have that accessibility. And then in turn, you have the confidence to, to, to get the commitments so that you can go write deals with a degree of certainty. So how hard is it to do this? Well, there, there's several steps to it, but the easy system system stands for exclusive, abundance, scarce, and your allocation. And, and the acronym, I came up with it out of necessity. I it was over a decade ago. I was I find I found myself closing on three properties uh, at one time, and and October thirty first, uh, Halloween. Uh, my uh, my scary moment was when my investor called me and said, "Hey, by the way, uh, I can't close casually." <laughs> oh, okay, great. So I have four days to figure it out, or whatever it was, and. From that moment on, and for those of you who've who've, who've done this a few times, you you may have had similar anxiety over situations. I, I forced myself to reverse engineer the situation where I could have those commitments in place uh, well before the the need to have that check. All right. So where do you find the money? Uh, do you just go to your local bank officer and <laughs> knock on his door and say, "I need money. Give me money." I mean, how do you do it? Well, I mean, there, there, there's several components to the transaction. The first thing I teach people to do, I mean, first and foremost, if you're raising money, depending on where you are, it is likely a regulated activity. So obviously you need the right accountants, you need the right lawyers to paper and structure your transaction first and foremost. But beyond that, 
The biggest mistake people make is they wait till they have all of that done and then they start to talk to people conceptually. So the first thing I teach people when they're out talking to uh, referrals, contacts, just in the marketplace is I teach them how to tell their story. So all of us have a way uh, have experienced life in different ways. We have different experiences. And ultimately, you have to be able to tell your story in a way that shows your credibility, your background, the, the things you've done in life. And it doesn't even have to be real estate related. It just, you have to be able to demonstrate grit, perseverance, the, the characteristics you look for in somebody else if you were going to write them a check. So we, we work towards that. Uh, and another key component is working towards your unfair advantage. So most of us, are don't give it go don't give ourselves enough credit so what i mean by that is if you started out in real estate as an attorney that is a tremendous unfair advantage because you know the law you really know the law and that's not the entire transaction but it's certainly a big part of it if you came into real estate through being a mortgage broker you know financing if you came through being a realtor you've seen properties if you grew up in construction you understand that so it's really important that you weave that into your conversation because then you're able to start general conversations with people even before you have a deal and you can say hey you know, I've done a few of these properties. I'm looking for a few more. If I come across anything that makes sense within these parameters, do you want me to keep you in mind? And then you start to build a list of these people over a period of time, maybe create a newsletter, have some information that's not spammy, more of just value driven, sort of like your podcast here, where you're just giving value first. Sure. And you're, you're, you're over a period of time, you're building that reputation so that when you do get that quote unquote deal of a lifetime in whatever town you're in, you can then tie, you can then tie it up with some degree of confidence, knowing that you have 10, 20, 50 people looking at that that type of a deal with you. Okay. I like that. And uh, so it's, it's really not as hard as it appears, is it? Well, I mean, I thought golf was simple till I started golfing. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's practice. It's practice. It's repetition. I think, I think what a lot of people miss in the capital side of the equation is they don't see it as a profession. They just see it as a dirty little thing that you have to do after you've done all the real work on the transaction itself. And in actuality, fundraising, capital raising is a profession. Some of the biggest companies in the world are essentially fundraising firms. I mean, they're called private equity firms. They're called, you know, investment banks. They're, but but they're, they're commodity. Their business is fundraising. Yes. You really look at it that way. Yeah. So how do you get strangers to write you big checks? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to build your uh, credibility in the marketplace because we don't write checks to people we don't know, period. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people ask me, what's like the quick answer? How do I get it done today? And this isn't uh, manipulative. Here's how to get, say this, get this tomorrow. Capital raising, it, it, I always say it, if you're here for a good time, not a long time, what I teach isn't going to work for you because fundraising is an ongoing trust building, confidence building, credibility building exercise. And the number one mistake people make is they think that they don't need to start until they need a check. And in actuality, most people take three months, maybe two years to decide whether they're going to invest with you. So if you're waiting till you have a deal to start talking to people, you're always going to be behind the cart. You're always going to have the cart behind the horse. All right. So 
But it's hard to just go to people and say, I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to have a deal for you. And uh, I'll have it for you shortly. Get ready to write your check. How do you do that? Don't just survive. Thrive. The Financial Survival Network. Trilogy Metals is a world-class developer in Alaska's Ambler Mining District. The company already possesses 8 billion pounds of copper, 3 billion pounds of zinc, over 1 million gold equivalent ounces, and now over 77 million pounds of cobalt. Trilogy's Arctic project boasts an after-tax net present value of $1.4 billion with a 33% IRR. Trilogy is led by an experienced management team with proven success in discovering and developing projects in Alaska. The company is well capitalized, has no debt, and possesses strong institutional support. Trilogy trades on the New York and Toronto exchanges under the ticker symbol TMQ. To learn more, go to TrilogyMetals.com. That's TrilogyMetals.com. This is the Financial Survival Network, the information you need to thrive now more than ever. So one of the things that we teach is the six characteristics of your of your business. So I mentioned one of them is telling your story. The other one is your unique advantage. The other one is the strategy. So are you buying and holding? Are you fixed and flipping? Are you buying and refinancing? What markets are you buying in? There's, there's a way for you to give somebody a clear idea of the types of deals you're doing even before you have a deal. It, it, in, in so many ways, it's like your investment thesis. So when you're out talking to people, here's what you're looking for, here's where, here's why. And then what you can do is you can then have, whether it's your newsletter or your podcast, you can then provide valuable information that ties back to that. You know, you may mention it earlier, inflation. That's a factor. So how does inflation impact, in my case, multifamily apartment buildings in the Southern United States? So that's a conversation piece. You, you, you take the position of a thought leader and, and you share information. And look, you may not want to do videos. You may not want to do podcasts. You may want to write a blog. You may want to do uh, mini YouTube videos, but take a medium that you're comfortable with and start to share information about the type of contextually about the types of things you're doing. And, and it, it, you don't have to sell your deal when you educate your potential client on why you do what you do, because when the deal appears, it's obvious to them why you're doing that deal in that market at that time, because you've spent weeks, months, years cultivating information around why you do what you do and where. Okay. So what about, uh, uh, you know, getting the uh, getting seller financing is that still viable today? Uh, any, any. I mean, look. Anytime you can get a VTB or seller financing, you're obviously going to be better off. But today, the market, the sellers, at least at this exact moment, the sellers have multiple people knocking on their door, and the cleaner of a deal you can write the more likely you are to actually get it done. So, you know, cash talks, terms talk, being able to close quickly talks, the more barriers you put in front of people. I mean, Carrie, you said it yourself and in your neighborhood, houses are doubling, you know, a year, you know, year, two years apart. So, and now you have the institutional guys buying houses too. So when they're coming in with cash offers, if, if your offer is, even similar, but you're saying, well, I also need to do this and I need financing. And by the way, can you carry the note? You're you're that much more likely to lose the deal, unfortunately, at this moment. Yeah. So you got to have your financing together. Obviously, if you don't have financing, 
you got nothing. And the key is do it, do it before you need it. Because like you said, you've got to move quickly in this environment or you're going to lose the deal. Uh, but there's still, how do you find a deal that's really a deal that's really advantageous? Because I know a lot of you out there are concerned if I go buy real estate now and what if the market collapses? What if the Federal Reserve raises interest rates to 15%? What if, what if? What do you tell those people, Marson? Well, I mean, if, 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 if the Fed did raise rates to 15%, I think we have a different set of issues uh, beyond <laughs> just, just real estate. I think we have uh, systemic problems within, within society as a whole. But, you know, notwithstanding that, look, there's risk. On the equity side, there's risk. Actually, on the debts, on the investment side in general, there's, there's risk today. So the, the thing that I think is really important to keep in mind is how you mitigate your risk from from your and philosophically your risk mitigation might be different than mine different than the persons down the street so on and so forth and the key thing here guys is when you're talking to investors it's not your job to sell them and convince them that you're right all you're trying to do is find people that see things the way you do that that's ultimately what it is there's billions of dollars out there there's millions of people out there looking to to, to invest and, you know, I'm not of the philosophy that I'm going to try to hard close or manipulate or try to maneuver somebody to my way of thinking. I'm just literally meeting with people and, and working with people on the basis of figuring out if we're aligned, if, you know, as much as trying to figure out if the way they see the world is the way I see the world. Those are the best investors that you need. You're not going to spend too much time debating philosophically where things are going, whether you're left-leaning, right-leaning, politically inclined. Avoid that like the plague. Avoid that like the plague. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, All right. that's a, that's another thing. If your social media, if you're if you're posting your uh, your personal uh, biases on what what's going on, whether it's in the conflicts or in the pol political sphere, I'll tell you right now, you are going to polarize guaranteed half your audience on every single post because the world is so divided today and so jaded that, you know, if you think about it, if you look at any major business leader or any major uh, fund manager, when was the last time you heard them make politically charged statements? Yeah. Like uh, they avoid that, like the plague, uh, yeah. a couple guys on CNBC, but they're more entertainers that yeah. they are really uh, advisors uh, managing money out there. Hey, so, yeah. Larson, I am uh, Joe Sixpack or I'm Steve Chardonnay, and I want to put together a real estate deal without divulging your entire system. Where do I start? So if, if you're if you're looking to put a deal together uh, on it's like I said, it's really important that you have focus and best acronym I've always heard for focus is follow one course until successful. F-O-C-U-S. And the biggest flaw I see with people that want to put deals together is they're like a dog chasing shiny cars. One passes by. Oh, I'm going to chase that one. Then I'm going to go that one. And the problem is, if you don't have a theme to what you do then you're never going to be able to build momentum with the people you talk to. Because if, if you're suddenly going from multifamily to mobile homes to Airbnbs, and now you're looking at uh, industrial real estate, it's really difficult for an investor to understand 
what to expect of you. So the best thing you can do is be consistent, whether it's an asset class, a market, a strategy, you know, again, buy and hold, refinancing, whatever it is, the more consistency you have between your transactions, the easier it is for you to have those conversations with investors from deal to deal to deal. Because what will end up happening is you'll come across something and you've already talked to 10 or 20 people about you know, your last deal or things that you've done. And before you tie that next one up, or as, as you tie that next one up, you can say, hey, remember I told you about this 120 unit building that I bought a few years ago, or, you know, I was looking at doing, yeah, okay. So I just came across something really similar. Um, I'm still working my way through the due diligence, but if it made sense, is that something you'd want to get behind? And then, yeah, that sounds interesting because to them, mentally, they're already, they're not having to rethink what you're doing. You're not calling them the second time and saying, hey, so, you know, we bought this apartment building, but now I'm looking at this warehouse and, you know, it's not even in the same city, it's here. And now anybody who's astute or has real money, who's made money, run a business, sold a business, they're, they're going to they're going to have more questions for you. How are they going to commit, even conceptually commit to something that is a brand new set of decisions for them? Mm -hmm. I gotcha. So yeah, this requires a bit of strategizing. Uh, do you just pick these investors out of the phone book, social media? Where's the best place to find investors? So the, the best way to attract investors, I've always found, I mean, you know, this is no surprise to you, Carrie, but obviously referrals. But if you don't have any referrals to start with, the next best place is to start your thought leadership platform. Again, you know, maybe you start posting some videos on YouTube, Facebook, um, Instagram, maybe you put a podcast together, whatever it is, you start getting out there and start those conversations. And you do it from a from a service teaching perspective, teach them about the market, teach them about the asset class. Don't expect anything in return. And what'll end up happening is you'll start developing an audience of people. And even if those people aren't your investors, they will start to bring you people that are interested. And that's that. That's the most powerful way to build a sustainable long-term business. Now, if I can share one more thing with you, Carrie. So when yeah. you do get, when you do get it, so let's just say you take three months, six months, and you start building a platform and you have, you know, you've got a new newsletter and you only have 18 people on it and you have a YouTube channel and you have, you know, your first 12 subscribers, whatever it is, or maybe your thousands or hundreds, and then you get a deal. The easy system, the exclusive abundance scarce in your allocation is as simple as this. So I would call you, for example, Karen, and say, hey, uh, you know, I know we talked last time about this other building that I bought that we were, you know, unfortunately didn't make it on this one. Um, are you still looking at these types of opportunities? Yes. OK, great. So uh, exclusive, the exclusivity is, OK, well, so what's special about this deal is boom, boom, boom. It's, you know, uh, Fifty, uh, you know, fifty dollars a square foot under price. Whatever you, you know, it's right on Main and Main. Whatever the two or three things are that make that deal that got you excited. Mm -hmm. So two or three things. Then the scarcity. You'd say now I'm only looking for two million dollars on the equity side to be able to close this, and I've got another fifteen or eighteen people that I have to call back that have also told me that they're interested in. So you have your scarcity, then you have your abundance. So scarcity is the amount of capital that's available because it's a finite transaction. The abundance is the network of humans that are interested in what you're doing. And then the last piece, the why is your allocation. So you, you'd end up having a discussion there after they'd pepper you with a few more questions, whatever it is. And you'd say, look, obviously I'm going to send you the package. You probably have a lot more questions, but if did this make, if this didn't, uh, if this did make sense for you, 
um, you know, would you be comfortable with the timelines I described? Because you've told them when you're closing. Yes, I would. Okay. And if it did check out, any thoughts on what, what kind of allocation you would consider? You know, so you have, and it, and it gives you a soft commit. And then, you, then, then you've got, okay, so you got less than 2 million left. Now you got 1.8 million left. And you work your way through your list. And all of a sudden you've got yourself soft commitments. So that gives you that much more confidence whether you've already written on that deal, whether you're closing on that deal, wherever you are in the cycle. I mean, I'm I'm grossly oversimplifying all of this Gary, yeah, of for the purposes of the podcast because you've got lawyers and accountants and you've got all your paperwork and yeah. things like this and they got to review the documents. But fundamentally, if you can give, it's so much easier to get soft commitments if they're already familiar with why you do what you do and how you do it because you're consistent between deals or funds or whatever it is. It's just that much easier for you to figure out how to work together. I'm with you. I'm with you. It makes such sense. And we do really appreciate your coming on, Morrison. Uh, People, you're going to want to find out more about Morrison's easy system. Morrison, how do you connect with people on the web? Sure. Uh, my my website, marcindroves.com. Hopefully we can put that in your show notes. It'll be there. (laughs) <laughs> That's a mouthful. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a lot like most of your listeners here. I'm a real estate guy. I've, I've just, you know, at some point there's just more zeros involved, but ultimately the system is the same, whether you're buying 10 units or hundred units or, or anywhere in between uh, just, just knowing how to preempt those conversations. Um, you know, for me, it's been a lot of fun teaching people about this over the last couple of years. Uh, I can totally understand why a lot of fun, a lot of satisfaction, and uh, it's easy to do. Hey, if you got a question for Morrison, just shoot me an email, kl at kerryletz.com. Make sure you sign up for your free newsletter at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Morrison, appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Kerry Lutz's Financial Survival Network, your solution to today's trying times. For the latest, go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever.